Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. This week, I'm coming to you, launching the podcast from Southern Hills Hospital in Las Vegas. Went in for a little procedure and was supposed to be an outpatient, but I'm still in here, so had the wife bring me the laptop so I could crank it out. This last weekend was a pretty rad weekend that we had at the VW Classic. Great event from from the uh, VW Trends open uh, VW Trends party to the DKP meet, uh, Pierside Parts open house. I mean, it was it was a smashing weekend. I loved it. A great time. Saw a lot of people, put a lot of names and faces together, and it was a great great weekend. I grabbed a bunch of podcasts for you guys while I was down there at the Classic. So there's plenty more in store. Uh, I got this one out a little bit late today. But listen, it's for your listening pleasure, and I appreciate you guys for hanging in there with me. And uh, this week, we got VW Kid. Robert VW Kid has been in the VW scene since the late 70s. Being one of the young guns back then, that's how he acquired the nickname Kid. Started out in East L.A. area, Huntington Park, and that in that part of L.A., where the influence was strong from lowriders that evolved into clean bugs, accessorized with factory accessories, and then evolved into a bunch of different offshoots from there where you have like Alex Arredondo's uh, logoed cars. A lot of logoed cars came out of that side of town. We do a deep dive into some of that history. You also may know him from his uh, 51 Hoffman split, one of the oldest uh, unrestored splits. It's rolling the streets still to this day. So appreciate uh, you guys for hanging in there. This week's a great podcast, a lot of cool VW history, and we got plenty more coming out next week, guys. So, without any further ado, let's get into it this week with Robert VW Kid on Let's Talk Dubs. Here's a Volkswagen that's big enough. The new VW Fastback Sedan. The Fastback also has the most powerful engine we've ever made. It's air-cooled. Everybody, so on today's show, I've got I'm, I'm picking up kind of we we had a podcast where I had a technical difficulty. I, I recorded earlier last week, and uh, it was with our homeboy Robert VW Kid, and he's from Huntington Park, California. He's he's known for being in the VW scene for quite a while. I mean, he started way back in the late '70s, and you might know him today because he's got the '51 uh, Max Hoffman split, which is like the most unrestored, oldest be- oldest Beetle that's around, right? Yeah. And so I like to welcome, and we get his intro over again. Uh, Robert, uh, VWK, back to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man, I'm glad to be here and being interviewed so, for the podcast. What's your VW story, and how did you get into Volkswagen? Okay, so it goes way back. Um, around 1977, I was uh, 11 years old, 12 years old, and I lived. I grew up in a city called Huntington Park, um, and uh, there's a city right next to it, uh, north of it, called City of Bell, and there was a shop called World Buggy House. And that was run by Steve Timms, who I'm pretty sure a lot of people are familiar with yeah. as a racer, his son, Greg. I remember Greg when he was a little kid at the shop. But uh, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I, I used to go down Florence where his shop was uh, with my mom and dad because I, I, I didn't drive. I was like 10, 11 years old. And there was a beautiful brown race car. All I knew was a race car because it had a bunch of stickers on it and had wheelie bars on it. And it was just intriguing to me. 
And that later on, I would find out that's the Mean Machine gear. That was yeah. Tim's Mean Machine gear. So that piqued my first interest and love for Volkswagens, right? Now, and, and your family, like, your family comes from, like, a lowrider background. Yes, yes. The, my family, uh, I don't know, it's from the Duke's Car Club, the Rellas family. Um, so my whole life, I had lowrider influence. I was going to the LA Super Shows, all the lowrider car shows early on. Right. Cruising Whittier Boulevard with my older sisters when I was 11, 12, 13 years old in the back seat. Uh, so my whole influence was lowriders. My neighborhood at the time was all lowriding, uh, in, um, you know, clubs like uh, the Imperials, uh, the Dukes, the Old Memories, Brown Breed, uh, the Majestics. Those are the car clubs that were in my South Central, Southeast neighborhood. So our, my whole influence was lowriders. Um, that being said, uh, how I got into Volkswagens was um, my older cousin who lived next door to me she was going out with a guy that was a sergeant of arms of a cal look club from san gabriel valley called the uh, proud californians yeah and um his name was ronnie really good guy uh that was the first time i actually sat and drove in a bug he had a beautiful 65 uh dark gray cal look d chrome one piece windows center lines and uh it was fairly fast i believe he had an 1835 in it yeah so um that got me excited as far as the performance aspect. Um, so I knew right then I wanted a Volkswagen. But really, what really sealed the deal is I was hanging around with the youngest Relas brother, Rene. And uh, all these guys, I consider myself like the second generation of my uh, syndicate or club called the Bugs Buddies, um, who I consider we were the first ones during the all original cars lowered on alloys with accessories um, that people call today Resto Cal. Yeah. Um, but which we know is really kind of, it's Cal style. Yeah, like Cal style. We like call the, it Cal style. Outsiders call it Resto Cal. Insiders call it Cal style or LA <laughs> style. For a while there, it was called vintage style because we were getting all our parts from Bob Scott, the oldest. Uh, uh, yeah, vintage parts. Yeah, right? vintage parts, Inc. in Glendale. They were like not going back to 1972. And they were right in our neighborhood, right near Dodger Stadium. So it was kind of a natural thing that we were getting all our parts from there. And this all ties back to the lowrider influence because uh, the lowriders, like the Imperials and all these clubs, uh, um, they were taking Impalas, original Impalas, and putting accessories and, and all original slammed, slammed and lowered. So that was our influence, seeing them, right? So um, in my neighborhood, though, in the late 70s, if you had a lowrider, the, the law enforcement was, was would typically right. pull you over you and jam you. You're being hassled. You, being hassled. Uh, us on our bicycles, we would see the guys all sitting on the curb with the trunk and hood open and the doors open or, you know so we we, we, uh, we associated bad connotations with that so you know we didn't grow up with a lot of money you know we grew up you know in, in the neighborhood with, with, we, so Volkswagen's are a natural uh, thing to buy an economical car to buy and with our lowrider influence um, we just went for it we, we figured out how to lower them extremely um, low with with the torsion bars and yeah. moving, you know, like we honestly we didn't have money for selective drop and all that stuff, yeah, yeah, so we yeah. just re-indexed the rear. To get to yeah. It. Yeah. yeah, we just took the torsion bars out, cut the the stops stops off, and put 135 Michelin's or 125 or temp tires on smoothies, and and, and around, well, Renee had his first set of Fuchs in 1980, but the consensus was about 1982 everybody started running alloys. I had my first set. In the uh, early on in 1982, uh, on my '66 Pagali sunroof. And now, what that, is that your first bug that you got? Yeah, that was my first bug. That's a cool story because uh, 
in high school, uh, I was supposed to go stay in my neighborhood and go to Salesian High School, which is in Boyle Heights. But at the time, my parents uh, wanted me to go to a school called St. John Bosco, which is completely opposite direction in Bellflower. That really? was a good, I, at the time I was like, man, if, you know, it was a culture shock for me, really. But at the time, I got to make good friends with a lot of the DKK guys, the Decliner Comp Wagon Car Club guys. Uh, there, were, there, were, there were a lot of them there at that school. Edwin Pee Wee with his uh, My Bad KG. Um, uh, the Lacero brothers, Jimmy and Jeff, they had their cars. And uh, it opened me up to like uh, interacting with the Orange County side, all the Caldo right. guys. And uh, I would roll up in my white Pagali 66 sunroof, all slammed, crazy slammed with the alloys, with all with the pop-out windows, convertible deck, like, you know, what you would see now. And they, you know, they, in jazz, they used to clown my car, they used to call it an East LA Beaner Bug. And but, what, but what's funny is like, we were talking about that style earlier, yeah. and that style, you know, if you look at it, I think GFK kind of put on the map, oh, like, yeah. the, like the GFK style, for sure, right? For sure. But that style, if you look at it, it's a natural progression of guys with a Chicano background and that are into the lowriders, but they want to get bugs. It's the same type of, you know, it's the, it's the same type of style. You know, you're talking all OG accessories, the car is mostly stock and then lowered with wheels and tires yeah on. for sure like gfk man they they took the alley style to a whole nother level they perfected it their, their cars are so beautiful and perfect and they really branded it because you go to a car show and they were tight bro like yeah. all oh, yeah. 10 12 cars in a row all accessories and racks and oh man and, and windscreens and like all like even today even today at this show we're recording at you look at their lineup it's just perfect oh yeah it's, it's, it's like you know i always said you know like if i would have stayed in the scene because you know life happens I was in the scene from 19, like 78 to like 1989, but then I got married, you know, started raising a family, getting into my career. But I truly believe if I would have stayed in the scene, I would be right there with the GFK because it's just a natural, and, natural thing. And to me. Ruben came from Bugs. Yeah, the Bugs, Bugs buddies. buddies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ruben was there with us, uh, with Eddie Boy, Eddie Boy, and Adam Chacon, and, and Bill Nagura, and Larry, and his brother, and all those guys from La Puente. And, uh, and me and Renee were like the crew that was from South Central, uh, Southeast LA. And, uh, you know, Bill hung, hung around with us. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Bill, who's I consider one of, the, one, of the, one of the main guys, he's in San Quentin now on death row. Unfortunately, he committed a, a, a something and he hasn't been out for 30 years, but uh, I consider him one of, the, one of the main guys that started our LA style. And he's, and he's, uh... He's known right now for artwork and stuff. That yes, he he's really. If you prison. look at William Nagura, uh, he's he's a well-known prison artist. He sells all over the world. He's had showings in Europe. He's been in Forbes magazine, all the major magazines. He's written four books. He's uh, he's he's um, went to had a college education in there. He lectures uh, via uh, phone to uh, universities, and. Uh, he was a Volkswagen guy, man. He was, he, me and him, the last car he built was a 60, 62 black with a white top convertible. And that was in the 1982 issue of uh, uh, Lowrider Magazine. Yeah. But me and him were the last one to build that car. And then of course he went away. But um, yeah, that, you know, unfortunately back then, us being young kids, you know, I know a lot better now and I'm not that person anymore, but growing up in the neighborhood, it was just normal. That's yeah. what you did. I think it's kind of something that you go through like in your early teens yes, and kind of, yes. The neighborhood's a little rough, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know you got to come up. How you got to come up until you get <laughs> until you wise up, right? Yeah, until I wise up. Yeah. yeah, and so I think uh, 
it's just one of those natural progressions for lower socioeconomic people that kind of grow up in those areas. Because I know I went through it. You know, we, we my family was a broken family, divorce, and yeah. kind of did that. And, and you get old enough, and some most of us wise up. Some of us don't. We kind of trail off the yeah. wrong direction. Yeah. But that that whole that whole era and that whole style, like even with your bug. I mean, you got pictures of your '66 convertible deck lid, the Porsche lids, all that the stuff. Pop windows. And, and pop out windows, and that's from the early. Well, '82. That that's from 1982. Yeah. So going back to like, I got out of the scene. I still kept my finger in it. And what got me peaked again was I was at a show. I was just out in uh, a show and I saw Rich 50's uh, split window. Right. He had just pulled it out and I just saw it, man. And I go, man, I fell in love. And I said, you know what? I didn't even know anything. And I said, you know what? That, I bet you that's a LA style or a Chicano owns that car. Yeah. I said that because I could just tell by the, the style, just the way it was built. And sure enough, you know, got to, you know, got to meet Rich and and uh it kind of got you going he's like, got hey, me hey, going. go on the samba go yeah, on the yeah, samba yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And and then, then i started meeting everybody but here's and the crazy robert's got to go and ruin everybody's world yeah, on the samba right? yeah 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 so here's <laughs> here's the crazy thing is um that uh when i came back to the scene I, I i didn't think i made an impact at all you know i had my vw kid plates early on but when i came back to the scene people still remembered me and my cars it's like i never left yeah what's crazy you go oh vw kid i remember your car on whittier boulevard in legion park yeah, the white the white car with the forty eights and the motor and this and that and the alloys. And there's know? a lot of people talking about history on the forum. Yeah, on the yeah, forums, yeah. it would be yeah. like, oh, how did this start? And here's some pictures and here's yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, you know, late 80s, 90s, 90s thing. And I go, really? We were doing that early on. We were doing it in 79, 80, 81, 82, you know? And so I went and found all my pictures. And I, you know, I had the, the few pictures I had, you know, girlfriends of taking pictures. It's not like we were going around taking pictures back right. then, right? We had a, a, a box little throwaway camera maybe and you take pictures and eight months later you get them developed yeah right? what, what do they say if, if you knew at the time you were making history you'd have yeah more exactly and, and we and, and honestly we weren't building the cars to like to show them at cars or anything we we're building just, them to get chicks just your driver cruise yeah. the boulevard cruise and the get boulevard. chicks yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly exactly you know so so um when i came back in the scene and i got in the samba thread and i said hey wait a minute man that was a total lowrider influence it wasn't an offshoot of the california look or the orange county look no, yes, the DKK guys had some cars with moldings, but ours, it was the spirit of it. It was a lowrider-influenced car, you know, uh, with, the, with the accessories, Venetian, I mean, literally, the first time I saw Venetian blinds on an oval window was Renee. His brothers, they weren't even for a Volkswagen. He made them, he cut them to put them on a Volkswagen. Cut, cut them on, from on, a, for an oval window. This was in 1981, yeah. you know what I mean? And so that was the first time I saw Venetian blinds, yeah, you know? So that, that you know, and then um, when I came back in, I dropped all my pictures, you know, and people were like, wait a minute, no way, that, those aren't real pictures. And I had to turn them around and see the stamp on the back, you know, that, that, that developed, you know. Because yeah. sometimes part of that history, when, you know, I think we all go through that, right? We're all in the Volkswagens, then life happens. We all say life happens. You yeah. married a girlfriend or whatever, yeah. and you start to pull out of the scene. you got to grow up a little bit. And then after you get settled in, you get like, hey, maybe I'm going to get another Volkswagen or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But we all kind of take a little step back. And if that, and this is now, luckily now with the Internet and all this stuff, a lot of that stuff's getting documented. Yes. But now, before that, you're talking, unless you had pictures, no one's going to believe and, it. And I'm really uh, grateful that I have those pictures because I had a lot more. Now, I was in the scene heavy because I worked at the retail parts stores. I worked for Jerry's VW Heaven. I worked for uh, Gary Proctor at Unique Performance in North Long Beach. And I even remember Pip coming into the shop when he was young, you know, just starting out, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I, had, I used to park my black 58 and my black 59 LA style, Chicano style, slammed on either original five spoke MPs or, or, or 901 Fuchs. And um, 
they were different at the time the cars are really different well yeah they weren't built like today today it's like these guys drive show stunners like yeah. the cars just got to keep pushing up and up and up and up and now it's like it's one of those things where these guys are driving them and having them super clean and driving them back then like you said our goal was just to build car to get girls right yeah, like, yeah. i'm gonna go cruise this car down the boulevard have some yeah. girls check me out you know what <laughs> I mean? like i got something that sets me yeah, off a yeah bit. yeah but it wasn't like it was usually stock motors that were real reliable so yeah. you just get in you never yeah. touch the motor yeah. right yeah. just kind of left it in there and it was all about the outside appearance chrome wheels yeah. accessories roof rack all that stuff and just like a cruising so yeah yeah and then it you know but but back then it was like and then it moved into the sound systems and you started oh getting man sound we all systems had the sound and, systems. Yeah, the la cars like because like, our culture the team culture involved the mobile djs uh, you know, late 70s, the bands are transitioning out and then the mobile DJs are coming in to play. So we were having house parties, backyard parties, barbecues, and somehow the LA scene, all the LA Cal style cars and the mobile DJ scene went, went hand in hand. In fact, a lot of the mobile DJs like Victor Aliman, there were also Volkswagen guys. And yeah. he's black tie, well-known, Audio Climax. If you, if you know the LA scene, those are well-known uh, mobile DJs back in the day. Those are the pioneers. So it went, it went hand in hand, you know? Yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's definitely something that had a it laid its mark on the scene. It kind of established a, a flow, and a lot of younger kids picked up on it and then made it better. And like with any other hobby, see, people pick you up where someone left off, and they just keep keep raising the bar. GFK man. is the refinement of the of, of it, man. They, their cars are perfect. Just take a clean original bug and uh, lower it to the extreme with some alloys or smoothies, and and put a crazy sound system in it. So this going going to that, you know, the teen scene in LA, the, the 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 cruising and the partying and the house parties all went hand in hand with the Volkswagen culture. Yeah, and and so like all the deep mobile DJs were part of the Volkswagen culture. There was many mobile DJs that were into Volkswagens too. In fact, one of the one of the Bugs buddies, he, he was a well known DJ called Victor Aliman from uh, from Electra, and later on Black Tie. He was a Volkswagen big heavy Volkswagen guy. So it, it all went hand in hand. So we had to have the, the, the bumping systems, man. I had like a six by nine Suburban Vegas with the Kenwood deck and all the amps and all that. Yeah, I mean that, that that that's all part of the you know the evolution of that culture back then was like just the the systems, the music. It's like everything was was clean, but like clean to the extreme. You know what I mean? Like nice right. systems, just polish up your wheels, get your car dialed in, get things looking tight. And you didn't have to go too crazy custom. It was just like dial in what you had, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then, and then with our style, the molding of the performance came from, we had Steve Tim's, you know, what was in our neighbor, in our neighborhoods, he influenced us. And me personally, I saw all the DKK guys, well, they had all the big motors and the 48s and all that things. And that's where I learned about, oh, small car specialists. Oh, you know, uh, 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 Pierside Parts before it was called, uh, gee, man, it was on Beach. It was a different name. And then all, all, you know, Johnny Speeding Chrome. So I would go over there, cruising in my cars over there and, and, and get all the performance stuff combined, which, you know, what, you, what people would call a resto cal now because it has a big motor and trans, but right. it's all original, lowered. You know, but yeah, we were doing that early on, man. 81, 82, 83. Well, and, you know? and and when we spoke about earlier, it was it was one of those things where, you know, that that scene was always there. But what we talked about earlier about you know German folks kind of put it on the map. Yes, with, yes, with and, and that that's what's awesome, man. Because 
the German folks took it up to a whole other level, man, of, of like perfect show quality. You know, their cars are like perfect, man. I, I love them the way they look, the way they, and then plus how they all have the same uniform style. Yeah, right? it's a, it's like a specific. It's it's that it's that low rider kind of appreciation of the vintage of the original, but like laid out with a certain yeah. look. And all the cars are dialed, and then and then they took it to the next level. Instead of like polishing alloys, they started chroming everything, yes, like, and everything yes, like triple yes. chrome. Like, I, I mean, that was one of the things when I'd go to the car shows and just notice, like, man, you just had to do nothing but respect German folks because when they showed up, you know, it, it kind of when you when you made a statement like, oh, it's a German folks car, like it it just that statement in of itself said that that car is like built to a certain level of clean. Yes, and and I'll tell you exactly what you're talking about, you know. I, I wasn't a scene heavy from, I want to say, 1980 to 1990. I was working for Jerry's VW Heaven. I, I was in school. My whole life, 24-7, was revolved around vintage Volkswagens. Mm -hmm. uh, but in, in 1990, I got married. I met my wife, got married, started raising a family. So I kind of got out of the scene, and I was focusing on my career with Mercedes-Benz. So I did that. But I always you know, kept my ears to, to the scene, my eyes, I would get, pick up a hot BW's magazine every once in a while, still keep. But it wasn't until, uh, I, I want to say the year was, man, when the, the car shows in Upland, when when uh, uh, Rich 50 debuted his, his split window. Oh, yeah, the brown, the brown split. 50. Yeah, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. Like... I, 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 I just stumbled upon the car show, and I said, man, Volkswagen, let me go check this out. Mm -hmm. So I went. And I saw his car, man, and I was like, "Whoa!" I just it just blew me away. The, it's like, man, and that's when I I fell in love with the Volkswagens and like, wow. And and then I nobody had even told me when I first saw that car. I go, man, that's a Chicano car. Right. I, nobody had to tell me anything. I just knew by the style and I could tell by the spirit of how that it was built. And sure enough, you know, it was Rich Fifty's car, and that got me excited again. And to, and to the level, that's where I saw the, the chrome-plated alloys of four and a half, the deep sixes, and extremely lowered. And uh, dude, yeah, it was it was it was amazing to see that car. Yeah, you know, there's so much level of detail, and it, what's crazy is even back in the '80s, the it seemed like the accessories that they can find today. You couldn't even, you didn't even know they existed back then in the 80s and 90s because it was no. just kind of like, you know what I mean? You were like, oh, some glove box doors or whatever. But then like the horn rings and the wheels and the and, and the yeah. cigar lights and like all these crazy little accessories almost seemed like they showed up. Like they were always there, but it was like when it became, okay, now there's a bunch of us doing this, this style. Who can find the most rare of rare of things? Of course, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, you're, you're right, man. And um you know, going back to Rich's car, that's why I was on a, I was on a quest to bring it back to the U.S. You know, uh, a, a person commissioned me to try to buy it back from Russell Ritchie, uh -huh. and and that that negotiating and talking went back and forth for about a year, but finally uh, we came to an agreement, and the car came back to the U.S. So Rich, and I got to actually drive that car. That was like cool. I drove it around the block, and then it was amazing. So Rich's car is back here now, huh? Yeah, it is. Uh, but unfortunately, it's crazy. The person that commissioned me to get it, I got it here. You know, it was in my driveway, not more than 24 hours. And then somebody else came and wanted to buy it and uh, my, paid a crazy amount of money. It was a record at the time for a split window like that. Right. And, the, and, and that person bought it. But for whatever reason, 
they took it completely apart to change it. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and the car's still apart, I believe. Oh my you gosh! Know. But it's but the car still is in, is in LA area. It's just apart, or yeah, I know, I know. But I have the bumper guard, the bumper uh, brackets. I kept them. Yeah. The Texas Brown. Yeah. Just because because uh, Buddy Hale had made them smooth. Yeah. Buddy had a Hale had little little details he did. Yeah, Buddy Buddy really just has a has a. I mean, Buddy was my first podcast guest, and uh, he built my my Type thirty four Gia that I had the gray one. Yes, and, uh, he definitely has. He has a distinct style in in the way that he does stuff, and uh, there's a lot of little cool touches he did. You know what I mean? That yeah. that he, that he does to these cars. It just like he has a little idea, and then just throws a little extra detail on it, and it's. It's pretty. It's pretty rad when you see something like that, and you can keep a piece like that. That's like, hey, this was smoothed out and done, and it was part of that history of that car that may never be that car again. You know? I know, and I, and, I, and I have them, and, and they they mean something to me, you know, no. because that car like sparked my love for the Volkswagen again. You know, it was always there, but it it, it brought it back heavy. You know. Well, and it, you know, you were talking about brokering cars and things like that, but you also just helped. You know, you were in, you were instrumental in getting. Uh, Andy Finch, the Gia, Dennis Hyde's Gia, as far as picking it up and getting it shipped for him and all that kind of stuff. So you've been that kinda, was exciting for me. Yeah, you've um, been kind of playing the middle on a bunch of these things, huh? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have. You know, I'm kind of low key about it. People know. Um, what's cool about that was, so, th- so th- there's this book, the Burnham, the Colin Burnham book mm-hmm. that 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 all the UK guys saw because uh, Colin came over here in '80s. Five, I think, or eighty-six, and took pictures of our scene in LA or Southern California. Right. And he took pictures of all these cars and Andy's Gia. That was one of them. Dennis's Hyde's Gia from all the guys that, out, of, out of Bakersfield. So this car, this book, I had seen it back then. But when I started, when Andy told me, "Hey, you know, he found the owner of the car, and you know, can I facilitate the the transaction and get the car to the UK?" I said, "No problem, man. Andy's a really good friend of mine, you know." So I said, "No problem." And I was excited personally because, man, that car, I haven't, you know, I haven't seen that car in person since, shoot, man, 80, 80, what, 86, 87, 88? Yeah, that car kind of came out, hit hard. It, I think it made a bigger splash in Europe than it did here. You know it what did. I mean? It did. It did. So I got, I bought the book because I want to catch up and say, okay, let me. And then I opened the first page and, and lo and behold, I'm in that first page because because of the California caravan, there was a thing in the eighties where we would caravan from Southern California, hot beat was sponsor right. it to Sacramento. So I did three of them. And, and I think that was 85. The one I went in 85 and I had my black convertible gear, all slammed original with alloys. And, and, uh, they took a picture of, 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 I guess, uh, one, one of the photographers on the bridge. And you see the whole line of all the, all the, all the Volkswagens. I'm in the front and I see my gear there. But I hadn't seen that picture, or haven't didn't know that existed until, you know, like you know, before the game went again recently, after <laughs> all these years. Yeah, that's so, so that cool. was cool. So that was excited about that, you know. And then talking to Dennis Hyde when I went to go pick up the car in Bakersfield, he's excited, you know. And uh, Andy's the best guy that could have got that car because that was Andy's poster car. I know you had an interview with him several times, but oh, in the yeah. last podcast, and. uh that was his poster car. You know, everybody has, a, as a kid, we all have a poster of something, you know, it was oh, a yeah. Farrah Fawcett or, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, that I, was I, I had the Farrah Fawcett poster too, though. Yeah, yeah exactly, man. So that was Andy's poster car, and he got the car. 
Well, yeah, you know, and, and what's nutty is like, that's been happening, you know, for myself, I picked up the, the, the chop top, um, the Jim Moto's chop top that was built by Scott Gilner. Mm-hmm. And it's like that car kind of came up for sale. We were doing an eighties podcast and it, and it popped up after the podcast was over. I was talking to, to, to my buddy, um, Tori Alonzo and he's like you know because I said yeah it's one of my favorite cars I had because that was my issue that I kept the 89 spring hot VWs was like it had the year by year breakdown in it so it helped me be able to tell the years of all the different bugs because it had the year by year breakdown and on the cover was the two little chop tops the black one and the red one and then you open it up it said valley boys and it had like and it's just so cool looking man and I remember yeah, like San Fernando guys I, yeah. I happened to be on the Samba a few months back and I popped into one of my con- I like I just I pulled my name up and looked at all the thread comments I was in and stuff like that. And I took a picture in 2010 of that car at the VW Classic. It somehow showed up, and I'm like, "Bro, this car was one of my favorite cars from back in the day." I hung around to try to find the owner. I never got to see the owner. And then fast forward now, 12 years later, I own that car. You know, so that is such a cool story. It's yeah. it's really unique that that, and I never thought I could be happy owning somebody else's car but it's just it's one of those things to me like it's really cool that i have that car and it was built back when we used to build cars that we had to have them like we had to drive it and have it custom. Exactly. you know what i mean right. so it's like it had to be reliable because it was your you got to go only to work. car man. yeah you got you got to do everything <laughs> you got to do in that car so it wasn't yeah. like you know you had crazy motors and stuff like that you just needed to be simple and yeah. it needed to look good. The key was it had to look good. Like it didn't have to be fast in the beginning. It just had to yeah. look yeah. good. Yeah, for sure, man. For and, sure. And that's and I think all that ties into that culture of like guys, you know, working hand to mouth and like they're every Friday, you know, I used to go to a VW shop here in town and I bring my paycheck and sign it over to them and I buy parts and they give me the change for my paycheck. Because I just roll up and just like, oh, I need the clear distributor cap and I'm going to need two of those and one of these and some 135, you know, whatever it was at the time. But it's just part of like, you know, whatever you had to do, you had to, you had to get your parts together, get it all ready and then do it on the weekend or when you weren't working and the car, when you were done, had to be up and ready and back to go to work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I did it all, man. I did all that. And and me, I'm fortunate. I was working for the retail parts stores, you know, the Volkswagen places unique performance in long beach um, and so what did you do at unique performance uh i was a counter guy and, and i was building engines too there for for a while for him when i was in high school nice i would do assembly line assembly line long block building and i would do like seven a day <laughs> isn't that crazy just, just stock boom, motors boom, boom. yeah stock motors or it's once in a while we'll get a you know a, a 1776 or some 1835 you know back then it was all like 2180 1835 1776 so so when yeah. you when you step back into the scene now we were talking about your first volkswagen which was your which was your 66 pagali white right yes so you had that car how long do you have how long do you hold on to your first car well that's the thing that car in 1984 that car was so well known in the southeast you know because i had i had my vw kid license plates since 1981. Uh-huh. and this is when you had to go to a dmv i remember in bell gardens you look, look at a big thick book and go through it and see if it's available and then <laughs> to find out it was available it took another two months and then they say yes it's available then you have to order it and then it would come they would come like in five months so i had my vw kid personal plates since 80 82 and my cars all had that you know i had vw kid and i had my gear had vw kid two mm-hmm. on it 
that car went to Japan and with those plates. I hope one day maybe they might show up in Japan, those California plates. Yeah. But so, so, you know, the VW kid car was well known. So there was this older guy, another lowrider guy too. He had to have my car, he had to have my car. Now remember, I'm 16, 17 years old. Right. And he flashed a lot of cash in front of me at the time. I think it was like $3,500. Yeah, that's big money. That's yeah, exactly. big money. Yeah, yeah. And my car was extremely lowered. So he bought it. But then his, his name was Burger. That's what his nickname was. He bought it. But then immediately he took it down to this local place in in, in, uh, in Maywood called H&H Auto, which is like a Volkswagen shop back then. Yeah. And they lifted it back up to like, Calic. <laughs> I was like, oh man, why'd you do that? But now, you know. Now, is this the same burger that had the orange ghee and the orange double cab? No, I, I'm not sure about that. Um, hmm. I'm not sure of the connection, you know, because I lost touch with that with that good person. I mean, if he lived in our area in the southeast for a time, then same guy. Yeah, maybe. I, I wonder. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting so, so, so that, the, that was in 84 and my, my car was gone and I was like, man, and to this day, when I got back on the scene, I've been trying to locate it because uh, I don't have a VIN number. So my, all my plates, my VW kit would go to my car. So I can't do it by a plate check. Right. So, uh, you know, and that would be my ultimate dream to be able to find that original car. And, uh, you know, and that, that car to me, and, you know, in my opinion, was like that was the first car that I would say for the Cal style that was completely taken apart and built as a purpose built Cal style car. The 66? Yeah, yeah. You know, prior to that, we would have original cars, clean original cars, and we just lower them and put always. Well, the but my car was yeah, the... taken apart and redone. It didn't need to be restored because the car was clean already, but I wanted it to be like perfect. You know. Yeah, the 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 vert deck lid back in the day. I mean, that's a pretty er, that's that's a pretty ahead of the curve accessory, right? The gravel guards. The yes, the of course. Vert you can see pictures lid. of my car in 1982 with the convertible deck lid, the pop out windows, the yeah. gravel guards, the alloys. You know what, what's crazy is I used to switch motors all the time. When that picture was taken, I had a, a 1776 with a stinger on it. <laughs> so yeah. it's like I still had that, like, you know, the performance kind of the sure. little bit of the Orange County influence kind of thing. You know, but then, you know, I always ran Fortune. You know, my cars are so low that Fortune exhaust would literally hit the cement when I would shift. So I would go through Fortune quiet packs like every couple months. You know, I would put a plate. I had all well, the plates on the bottom and I did all, tried all that. Yeah, but, we, were, uh, we, were, we were talking about what you dipped out of the scene. We all do that. Like we all kind yeah. of life hits us and then we get married, have a kid. And then we're just focused on doing that. But there's always that longing where we come back to what we did. Now, when you first step back in the scene, how do you approach getting back in the scene? What's the first, what's the first move you make? Well, I found a thread on the samba. I, you know, right away I'm, 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 I'm devouring information and the, 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 everything. So somebody tells me about the samba. So I get on the samba and there's now, a what, thread. Year, what year is this? This is going to be 2007, maybe 2008, around there. Okay. Yeah. So, so I start reading this thread, and it talks about who the title was. Who remembers the, the Cal style? The, you know, the, the LA Cal style. And all these guys jumped in. I was reading the thread, but all of them were getting it wrong. They were like saying, "Oh yeah, cow bugs or this that," and they're showing pictures. And I go, "Man, that's not that wasn't our LA scene. Not 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 in our inner city east sides of LA." You know. So then I started looking for all my pictures from back then. And then I started posting them and said, hey, man, we were doing it way different. We had a lowrider influence, you know, and this and this and that. And that just started a crazy, one of the most read viewed 
threads on the samba to, to this day, you know, <laughs> about because because then, then the controversy came. Well, no, that was a 90s thing. It was started. And I go, no way. I have pictures going way back, you know, and, and you know, and then the politics and all the craziness came into play. Well, now, and, but but if we t- if we if we look at it the way that, that you and I discussed it from the from the standpoint of like early Chicano culture, like the Chevys, the bombs, all that stuff was like as OG as possible, laid out with all the vintage accessories. And then you look right at the Volkswagen, the Chicano Volkswagen guys are doing the same thing just with a different platform. You know what I mean? And it makes sense. It makes perfect sense when you start looking at it that way, because that's, that's the low rider appreciation of like vintage OEM accessories or anything you could get that was like, some wild accessory that that was you know was hard to find because i remember you know there's the black oval that i used to own it was a trends it was a trends cover car and it was black and red my friend sean mcclellan built it here and i remember man that's that's the only place you go buy stuff is from vintage parts and he'd be yeah. like he they'd have two speedos and one's 400 one's 450 he'd buy the one that's 450 because it was had to be better had to be older cleaner <laughs> the, like and in the in that car covered VW Trans in 1995, he had an all-state trailer, the white walls, the fender skirts. Like that's amazing. Every yeah. little accessory you could get. But that's that that was like the second generation of like when like it became more acceptable in the VW scene. It wasn't like a a, a, a southeast LA thing. You know what no, I mean? No, no, you know, in, in the eighties, like I would I was all over the place. I, I would go to the Orange County shows. I was going because you know, I was in the industry too. So my car and, and all the guys that I hung around with from our neighborhoods, you know, we were we were not the norm. You know, the, the, the norm the, the norm was the Orange County cow look, right? And, or, or like I use I call them the new wave cars or the or the customs, you know? Yeah. Or the the, the UK influenced cars, you know? When yeah. we roll up, man. I mean, honestly, man, they used to call our buzz East LA Beaner buzz, man. You know, <laughs> I, I find it funny. It's not. It's I I, I well, own that. But that's easy. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that was that was kind of the way that they seen it because it was definitely you had like the Orange County, like the Orange County white guy style, and then you yes. had like the the Chicano style. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like two distinct different styles. But and, and and then what's interesting is as the scene evolves, they both become appreciated and you see I mean, I remember, you know, Scott Smith in in the mid nineties, he had he had his black 67 uh bug that, yeah it just had every empty accessory on it so then then it turned into like okay well there's the original accessories and then the empty accessory thing starts to explode but yes it's, yes it's now all, going back to empty yeah. i'll tell you a good story uh so my i i always had a fondness for gene berg um because one of the early books i read was the, the, the hot rod how the hot rod vw yeah the one with that engine in his shop that you can go see it today yeah so i read that book i devoured it and and and, and also the original empty you know like the, the vitoni uh, joe vitoni and his son right yeah i read all about that the performance so around 84 85 alloys were already almost i, I want to say they were already being played out in our neighborhoods you know, and mini trucks are starting to come in in 85 and they're all those guys are jumping in mini trucks and taking alloys with them. Mm-hmm. So I was always like an early, early innovator, me and my, my crew of guys. So I wanted to be different again. So I got a 67 bug, all original. And then I bought BR, original BRMs and I put them on it. And my car was extremely lowered with BRMs. Um, and in fact, I was probably the only one in LA area with original BRMs. 
running BRMs on the street, on a space on a lowered car. Yeah. And um, yeah, I had bought those originally from uh, the owner of a car custom in Azusa. There was a big store back then that they would, they had like a full on used car lot and everything, a bunch of stuff. But those wheels ended up with uh, uh, Bill Swimmer of, of DKP, his uh, coral red ragtop. So those are the wheels he has now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember I put an ad in because I broke one. You know, the wheels, before I got them, I had four. And one of them, I guess at one time it's like it dropped the drum or dropped the wheel. So it had a, a, a groove on the back. Right. So, you know, my cars are extremely lowered and bouncy, right? And we didn't have the technology now. We would just re-index the rear spring plates and pull out bars out of the front, right? So it was a harsh ride, right? Yeah. So uh, I broke one cruising my neighborhood, Pacific. It was a big cruise spot, all the lowriders and everything. And uh, it so happened when I broke it, I'm on the side of the road. And uh, another guy, a big Volkswagen guy, who everybody knows now, was uh, from uh, DKP. He had a maroon, Hector Bonilla. He had a maroon 67. Yeah. Cowlick car. And he saw that. And he, he, you know, he even offered to help me out. Hey, man, you need any help? What, you know, what's going on? And he's like, but he was freaking out that I had original BRMs, you know? <laughs> and he goes, man, you want to trade those for five spoke amps? And I, I told him, listen, dude, I already have a set of five spoke amps fully polished. I have five of them, original two piece. Right. I switch them on and off, you know? And uh, I think I believe that's when he had gold five spoke amps on his maroon car still. And, um, but yeah, so it's, it's kind of how the two worlds cross. You know, he was from Southgate, I was from Huntington Park. And uh, those, the cow look and the cow style cross pass. <laughs> yeah, no, it, well, it, like I said, everything, 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 there's nothing that's ever really original, right? It all, everything comes from a little flavor of this, a little flavor of that, and then it moves over from Chevys to VWs. And then just like the, just like the whole new wave style, like all that stuff is all, kind of different people's iterations of, of different things, but it, it's what's cool. And what you're looking at one platform that is so universal in regards to how it's designed, you know, the beetle from, you know, like original cow style to cow look to, to German look to, you know, yeah, the Mulholland look. We had the Mulholland the look Mulholland. in LA, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we did. There was, there was guys rolling old that style too. Oh yeah. A little, <laughs> a, a little bit, a little bit of everything. And, and, now, then, and then, and then, and then, you know, 81, 82, 83, there was still some traditional lowrider holdout buds cruising around the neighborhood too. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and now when you get back in the scene, we talked about that in 2007, when you start to get back in the scene, what's the first car you pick up? Okay. So, uh, I actually bought an oval rag uh -huh. because my daughter was at that, going to be at the driving age and I was all excited. We're going to build this car together. And she looked at me like, you're nuts. I'm not going to drive that. Right. <laughs> you know, so that was kind of, you know, so I had that oval rag. I kept it. I put it away. And then um, I, I I bought a bunch of cars, but, you know, I was learning more like, hey, I'm in a position where I need to just start buying like older cars, you know, sure. not just, fit, fit, you know, 60 rag tops or whatever. So uh, what happened was, uh, you know, at that point, we we're getting to split windows, you know, early cars, 55 right. and down. So I wasn't, I was look I wasn't really looking, but I wanted a split window. And, um, so I was calling, I was calling, uh, calling a lead on a 56 convertible bug, you know, and, uh, called up, called the, called the ad. It was an old school ad in, in, in Samba and to, you know, leave a message. And I remember calling it and it was actually an old school phone with a machine, you know, a message, <laughs> answer message. Yeah. Yeah. Answering machine, left the message, um, Hey, I'm calling about your convertible 56, blah, blah. 
and left a message and didn't think anything of it. And then about three days later, I get a call back. And the guy's like, hey, you, you're one of the few that knows how to follow directions. You actually left a message and this and that. So we're talking and we had a good little, you know, rap report. We're talking and uh, he goes, hey, you're you're the second guy to call me on the car. Um, and, and and he goes, yeah, he's from another guy from L.A. called. And I'm thinking, L.A., I must know him, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I start dropping some names. And sure enough, as another friend of mine, I go, oh, that's, he's a cool guy, man. He let him have it. I'm not going to compete with that. What you know. Right. He goes, hey, I like you, Robert. I like talking to you. I have another car. It has two little windows in the back. <laughs> no way. So that was like, yeah, man. And he's talking to me, and he's in a warehouse, and I can hear him open the door and close it. You know, you know that sound of a bug yep. that's really solid. <laughs> and uh, I'm going, really, man? I'm thinking, man, that car sounds solid. And I tell him, hey, can you check this, check that? I go, Put, run your fingers at the bottom of the running board. And, and I go, do you feel anything? He goes, oh, yeah, there's a bar there. You know, for me, that was a test to see if the car had any rust because – uh, no, many split windows don't have the original running boards because they, that's the first thing that gets rusted and it gets replaced. Right. Right. So I go, man, if it has the original running boards with the with the with the, the bar on the bottom, then I go, man, it's a good car. So I ended up getting the car sight unseen, stepping out of faith. I wired him the money, and uh, you know the car ended up being something very significant. You know, a, a fully patinaed, unrestored original car that's won numerous numerous awards going up against non Volkswagens, million dollar cars for the unrestored class. And that's, you know? and that's your 51 max. Hoffman yeah. My 51 car. Hoffman. Yeah. The, the standard. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and, and so for people that don't know, Max Hoffman was the first importer of Volkswagens to the U S right. He was bringing in Porsches. He was bringing in Mercedes Benzes, Jags, high end cars. And, uh, you know, he wanted more allotment of Porsches. And, uh, you know, and but so Volkswagen said, or Porsche Volkswagen said, hey, you need to bring these little economical Beetle cars. You know, the, the year before they tried it with uh, Ben Pond, he brought two, right? And they didn't go well. So the next year they, they, they said, Max Hoffman, you want you want some more Porsches? You're going to have to bring some more, bring these Volkswagen and try to sell them. Right. And, uh, you know, so very few, very few. The numbers are, you know, they're not accurate, but there's very few that came, that came through the Manhattan to the New York. And, uh Fortunately for me, I have one of them. And, and my car was, was considered the standards. They weren't real, they're really German German market cars, right? The standard with the cable brakes. Yeah. And 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 but they needed a loss leader for their advertisement. So they brought very few of the standards in. You know, the American market likes all the chrome and all the bling and the convertibles sure. and the rag tops and deluxes, right? Now how long did that guy that you bought your car from, how long did he own that car? Well, here's a, that's a unique story. So he didn't get he's okay, nineteen seventy two a good friend of his, this Duffy's Muscle Cars in Florida, you know, big muscle car car, I was going to the junkyards and he saw the 56 convertible that I that I called on and this, the split window mm-hmm. in a junkyard. He's not a Volkswagen guy, but he knew enough to know that, hey, those are special cars, old cars. Let me just grab them with them and I'll take them back to my shop in Florida. This was in, 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 in Idaho. The car came from Idaho. No, no, I'm sorry. I, Iowa. Came from yeah. Iowa? Okay. Uh, 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 and so... He put him in his shop in 1972, and they just sat in the corner of the shop until 1982. And another muscle car guy, this is the guy I bought him from, he made a package deal for a bunch of muscle cars, and those two cars were included. He took those cars to to Grand Junction, Colorado. And that's where he sat until he decided to, to let him go, and that's how I got it. So it's been off the road. And, and the reason it was off the road is, like, the motor was half apart, so... If you're familiar with these early split windows, they don't have a the throttle bearing is like a like a like a bushing bearing. They right. disintegrate. So what happened was it disintegrated and it locked up the engine in the flywheel, right? 
So, so I guess they thought the engine was blown, right? So I got the car, and I'm going, man, if, I hope I don't have to rebuild this engine. I will, but I want to keep it original as possible. Right. So I got the car. I took the mo- I was the first one to take the motor out. You know, you know, they they, they didn't know what they're doing. They had like the shroud half off and put the stuff off, and you know, so I, I pulled the motor out and I saw what happened. So uh, I sourced NOS stuff to keep the car correct, a pressure plate, you know, and different things in the clutch. So the, the engine didn't have any compression. You know, I did a leak down and a compression test. Right. So the rings are probably stuck, right? So I just took the engine and put it on my engine stand, and, you know, I would squirt some uh, Marvel Mystery Oil, crank it, spin it, and then I walk away. A week later, I do the same thing. I did it for, like, two months. And then I finally did a compression test, and I had a little bit enough compression. I think it was, like, 55 pounds. I go, man, I think I might be able to get it fire off now, you know? Yeah. And sure enough, man, I put it all together and it fired, man. It was shaky, blah, 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 smoking and but then it started clearing up and it cleared up and the engine turned on and no knocks. The line didn't knock or didn't leak. I was going to leave the engine alone. Wow. So I was able to, yeah, I was able to, to, you know, so the engine is the original engine, the original, uh, everything, the trans, I, I did a maintenance on everything, obviously the flus and all that. And, uh, I, I, I drive it. It runs. It's a great car. It's just now I don't, I feel nervous driving it because it's such, you know, it's only original once like that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and <clears throat> to find a card that's been kind of left alone for so long is pretty unique to be able to find them in that condition and be able to get them resurrected to be able to get them on the road. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty yeah, huge. I mean, can you imagine if a Volkswagen guy had found that car? It would probably be a, a cow looker in the eighties or I yeah. don't know, man, it might've been something crazy, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, so it's a good thing that it was a car guy, but he wasn't a Volkswagen guy. He was a muscle car guy. He yeah. knew enough to, that to just put it away. Yeah, I think that's, I, I, you know, and I think sometimes some of those cars are just laying in wait for the right person to find them. You know what I mean? Like even yeah. if you're looking at like Dennis, Dennis's Gia, right? Like it just, right. all it took was Andy picking up the phone, tracking him down on Facebook, calling the guy and like, hey, I really like to buy that and, car. And, and Dennis really like, man, he, he, happen to get the right guy that that car deserves to be with that's going to really keep it you know keep it the way it was and oh yeah you know, i mean he redid it but it's still the car you know it's still wow yeah it's it's incredible that you know some some of these things that end up so you've got so right now in your stable you get the 51 hoffman split which is yeah. kind of now i think i saw it a couple years ago at the rva show yeah yeah i think you had over there. now you're gonna i'm go gonna to- bring it out I, I hardly ever bring it out only because you know i you know, it's just man. I, I get nervous driving it because oh, yeah. I, it just—it's it's just irreplaceable. I mean, that car should actually be in a museum somewhere, or some really wealthy collector I could just park at and look at it. But I, you know, I keep it safe and everything. And it's fully insured. But for me, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I get nervous. You know? Yeah. Listen, I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't blame you one bit for getting a little nervous with that car. So I have, then I have my '66 convertible Gia, which, when I first got that car, I wanted to do it exactly how we did it back then in 81, 82, because I wanted to show the, the kids today that nothing's really changed. Even the way I lowered it, I pulled out the torsion bars, I cut the ends and put them in, and the rear I just re-indexed it, and I put the, the Chevy uh, Chevy Love shocks. Oh, did and, you? Yeah, oh, yeah, all the stuff that I would have did, back you know, the convert the, the, yeah, convert the drum to four lug, and then drill dr- drill 5 by 120 with the Porsche studs, the Preston studs. Oh, yeah. Just so, just, yeah, I did it exactly the way I did it when I was a kid. 
just to show and people today can see, hey man, this, that's exactly how I did it back then. The the, the, the height and everything. Yeah, I try, I tried that with that uh, with the red chop top that I had, and I was driving it, and it has the original BRMs with a stock beam. And they're like, the tires are rubbing every time I'm sitting. It's a selected drop front end. And I'm like, this, something's got to change. So I ended up getting a, getting a narrowed beam for it. And, uh, from, from, uh, what is it? Uh, oh geez. Why can't I think of his name? Type, uh, type E motorsports hooked me up, hooked me up with a, a narrowed front end. And then we, we swapped that out and, and you know, got the front end and brought a little bit more and put it adjustable and drop spindles. And man, what a difference! Because back in the day, that's what we did. We knocked the leafs out to lower the front of the car. I mean, that's what I think that's what everybody, yeah, yeah did. that's what we did, man. You that's know, what pork, that's what pork budget, did. budget, exactly. What <laughs> is man, but budgets that we did. So now, now here, now I have my, my one of my other cars, my 55 Vert. So going back to my first car, that was actually my first car I bought to build. Yeah, it was a, a 55 US spec Vert, they only made them very short two months so it was like a transition between the 56 and you know the u.s so the reason why i wanted that particular car again was because in 1986 i had one a black one yeah i had a lot of cars but then we were my parents were moving from Huntington park and they moved to the ie the inland empire uh marino valley specifically uh-huh. and i had all these cars and i couldn't take them with me you know and uh and i had i took my that, my converter one i had in the storage i was paying storage fees out there and then I just said, you know, I got to sell it. So I ended up selling it. But that's the car, the one car I always wanted to get back. Now, here's a crazy story. That car, I bought it. That car used to be a uh, um, West Coast Classics, uh, Lenny's car, when oh. he first came from, from back east. Really? He had that car. But it was a Finstone car. It was all rusted. But it was a rare black with a turquoise leatherette, reclining seats, uh, 55 US spec convertible. So I got the car, right? Um, in fact, Lenny, talking to Lenny later, he said that was one of the cars that helped him start his business. He sold it and used that seed money to, to start the business. <laughs> so, so, so that car is gone, right? And I am out of the scene. So I'm coming back looking for a car, and then I happen to find the same car. You the know, same car? Ones, no, well, not the same car. It's, I'm going to tell you, I did find the actual same car, but this car that I have is was a combo green, green leatherette, green canvas top car. So I've had that. So, you know, I go to Lenny's shop and everything, and I saw a black convertible U.S. spec car, and I look at it, and I go, hey, Lenny, what's the story on this car? And he told me, and the same guy I sold it to, to, like about two years ago, he still had it at his shop. And I tried to buy it back. I go, Lenny, I want that car back. That's the car, you know, I had to sell that I regret selling back in 86 or something. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, by now, hopefully it's restored and on the road. You know, it's a black with a, with a turquoise leatherette, which is a pretty good color combination. Yeah. So going back to my 55 vert now, you know, Andy, Andy's like the guy in Europe and UK as far as painting. I mean, I've seen his cars work up close when I go over there to the shows, you know, Volks World oh, or yeah, any of the phenomenal. shows over there. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Like, I, like people need to see his quality of work here. So me and Andy got to talking and I said, Andy, you know what? Why, why, don't, why don't I send my car over, you, over there for you to just completely do it, you know? A lot of factors, you know, because like right now here in Southern California, it takes five, six years to get a paint job. And it's going to cost you a million bucks and, you know, a lot of craziness, man. But so I go, Andy says he can do it and have it ready for Volkswagen next year in March. That's wild. Yeah. The, right now, I believe it's probably at the Panama Canal or coming or it might even be getting closer. So I loaded up all accessories I've been accumulating over the years uh, and all my stuff and I packed it in. 
you know, and with another car, a Gia that that I that I got for Andy, a '60 Gia, and they're they're on their way, and he's gonna he's gonna build it completely because I want to showcase the work of the UK guys and the, and the European guys. I mean, I'm not even gonna build my own engine. One of the best engine builders, Paul Bates, is gonna do the engine for me. Oh, nice. And they're all and, and I, I just told Andy, look at you, you know our alley style. It just has to be my alley style and 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 my accessories. The rest, like as far as like the cosmetics of the engine or how you want to do the engine, you know, that that's up to you. It's your your stamp, it's your baby, your car. Yeah. You know? It's your showcase. And uh, you know, I set my Italian forty eights and things that I want on the car, you know, and uh but other than that when it's when it's done it's going to be all andy and all the european guys and then i'm going to we're going to show it over there debut it and then uh, we'll bring it back over here and show do the show circuit here now that's a listen i mean if you if 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 you got the chance and you're able to do that man why not i mean they do some they do some pretty top work over there i mean they turn that whole key around bare metal and back in three months yeah yeah and then and then this is going by the suspension like i've never even considered having uh, an air suspension, but after seeing Andy's and and, and they do them where the the shocks is the shocks and a very small little compressor that's and, and and no no modifications or any holes or anything, so you can go on the front and lay it down. Is that a line? Is that line yeah, bug, yeah, yeah. Line bug suspension. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who's going to do it, but you know, Andy <clears throat> knows the, whoever does the best setup that he has on his cars. Yeah, I think they do line line bug or dog yeah, back, yeah, probably dog back yeah. Beams. Yeah, they yeah. just. They, they, it's, it's interesting cause it's the same scene, but they, they look at things a little differently and do things a little different over there, but they do it. They got some super clean stuff coming out of the UK. Oh, they do. And, 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 you know, I think going back to that, like, you know, we're all setting our ways in Southern Cal, like, you know, we all know, like, what's the, what's the template, you know, like this, 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 and that for the, to lower it is, but you know, those guys, they, 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 they think out of the box. They're, they're, they're you know, the Swedish guys that, oh man, so they're, they're just, they're innovating, man. A lot of good stuff. No, that's, uh, I mean, there's, there's so much in the scene that just keeps evolving over and over and, and the bar keeps getting pushed further and further and more rare and rarer cars keep coming out. That's what, you know, it's so exciting because it just could, it continue, it continues to keep evolving, you know? Uh, yeah. And I love it, man. You know, and, and as long with that, you know, there's a lot more people getting involved because again, these cars are starting to become very valuable. Right. And, and you have guys that are, Wanting the wanting the rarest of the rare, and it's it's great for our our our, our hobby, the our passion for these little cars, you know. To yeah. See all this happening. No, I think I I, I I'm excited. Uh, I still get excited about going to shows. I mean, I'm excited this weekend for go to go to the uh, the VW Classic over there. I'm glad that's back on. So it, it's an entire weekend full of stuff, and. I mean, my biggest my biggest thing is trying to figure out. Okay, how many cars am I am I bringing? Two cars? Am I bringing? You know, two cars and my son bring one down, or am I just going to bring one car and then focus on getting to, you know, marketing the podcast and stuff like that? Because I love the scene and I love, I love the stories. I love capturing all this history, but I love being in the scene. I love be, being out there and showing the car or just talking to people about the cars. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that's what I think your ideal for, you know, your podcast is because, you know, you're from Vegas, right? Yeah. And, and you're not, I mean, you know, Southern California, man, you know, either Orange County centric or LA, <laughs> but you're coming from an outsider's perspective and talking to all the different oh, guys yeah. and people and genres and, and, and uh, pioneers and, and people that have made the scene. 
yeah know, which i think is great i i love every aspect of it but then again it's as unique as my 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 the cars that i'm into because i like everything from low riders to pro touring to volkswagens to mini trucks like i like a little bit of everything you know what i mean but my heart is really volkswagens and that's why i focus so much on this and really documenting the history and, and, and when i started doing the podcast it, it, it's not what i set out to do it's like I just wanted to have some good VW talk to have, but then the more I started going down that road, and you know, we we talked earlier about the Bakersfield stuff that I did, man. It was just like that's a whole that's a whole another ball of wax right there, man. Yeah, you can and, do a document. Those guys were like, but it's like man. that's so far before my time. But to actually be on the phone with those guys and they're like, well, why are you calling us about some cars we built in the eighties? I'm like, because your cars had a huge effect on the VW scene. Because here's some guys that were maybe in the scene for five to seven years, and then like the rest of us life catches up and you go your separate ways and do your stuff. But the, the, the long lasting effects of those things. And, and like I said, I was telling you earlier when I was down in LA in 91, I was down there in my big body cutlass. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was down there wanting to cruise crunch on all this stuff. And I remember being down there still being a VW guy and I got to find the picture somewhere I got. And I know I got it somewhere. I was down there and we're at a stoplight and this gray convertible with a black top pulls up behind me and it is laid out. It's full on cow style. It's fully polished fuchs. It All is blinked out, huh? yeah. on the ground. And I hop, I'm like, Hey man, can I take a picture of your car? And he like just kicks on the running lights. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I never, I never seen a car that <laughs> clean, but it was like, I appreciated it so much because it was just, it was just like, to me, it was like Southern California cool and it had the alloys, but it was, you know, you could always tell, you know, the, the alloys in the Chicano ride because it was a lot lower, like a lot, yeah, a lot lower. lower. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But it just it typically had the bumping sounds. Man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it was just, and it just looked, and it just had, just had the perfect look to it. And it's like, you know, I, I remember that. I mean, I remember that weekend. This weekend I got carjacked, but I mean, <laughs> oh man, nonetheless, was that the welcoming to LA <laughs> yeah, that thing. Was, that was that was my leaving the lowrider scene and getting back into Volkswagens when I came back home to <laughs> Vegas, and I was like, ain't nobody trying to steal your bugs. I'm gonna get my bug. I'm gonna get a bug again. You know, I was uh, yeah. heartbroken and all that stuff, but uh, you know, it's still one of those. It's it's a memory that lasts a long time because when I'm down and when I'm down like at the in the car culture mecca and I'm down there and I'm seeing like a a, a '90s S10 Blazer with all blacked out with a chrome rocker panel on it and then it's got chrome iRock wheels on it and I'm just like oh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I'm just like looking at these things like man that's the that's the ticket right there man like you, you got you don't have cool stuff like that in Vegas meanwhile Vegas we had our own level of cool stuff but it was just like california is the place where you expect to see that well stuff. you know a lot of guys moved out there in the late 80s early 90s from volkswagen guys you know like my good friend carlos Cervantes, yeah and noah and noel they're all they went out there well and it's funny because we talked about that because we didn't even know we had that connection like yeah. carlos carlos Cervantes, rest in peace because he passed away a few yes, years back yes. his son, friend, man. yeah yeah his, his son had his car and, and i remember i live in the same apartments and it was like i remember seeing this gray bug on alloys you know what i mean deeps in the back skinnies in the front and he was really focused on yeah, like, he was he was a cowlick guy performance guy yeah he's and like a drag racer yeah and before the car was gray it was it was a turquoise and yeah. uh, i lowered that car in the front gave it the rake <laughs> before, but it's, you know it, it's so interesting that that we both knew him but i knew him as like when i was in the scene like he's older he already he's already got married he's already married yeah he's yeah. got a job at the bank like he wears a 
but like here's a dude driving this gray bug and he's wearing like a button-up shirt to work and all this stuff and oh he came up like me man in the neighborhood right there you know <laughs> you, you know what i mean but it was it was, yeah. it was it was funny for me to see because you know my impression was like oh that's those cars are just for like young kids and whatever but here he is and he kept it for all those years man like it's even awesome now as his son has it now and races it yeah you know, i mean that's and, and that's so cool man it's just so cool that like and that even because there's so much that influence that spilled over here to vegas because a lot of guys in the 80s and 90s moved from moved from la to vegas and you know it was more affordable they were getting up on their own moving out in their careers and yeah. so a lot of guys kind of sleepers out here you know what i mean they're just kind of laying back and then all of a sudden these guys just out of nowhere show up and they've been in the scene for a long time so yeah, that's that's so cool man that's yeah there's a there's a there's a lot of overlap in the scene and uh I, I mean i'm i'm stoked to to have you on to talk about the history and i definitely think we should do some more kind of deep dives into some oh of the yeah history man stuff. i have a lot of a lot of stories a lot of things i mean i, I just touched on you know being in the, the scene in the 80s to, you know that whole decade 80 to 90 man and i did a lot and seen a lot yeah, it's crazy because you know it's funny because you had that you had the VW scene, then you had the mini truck scene, and then you had the guys that were in between, like the the random. The, we, there was a car club here in Vegas called Ground Zero, and these yeah, dudes would put everything they had, like lowered. I'm not kidding, bro. Lowered Chevettes on deep center lines, like everything was just had to be slammed. They had a slam Baja <laughs> in their club, like bro. Oh, they that's had, cool. They had just all kind of. It was, I was all slammed on deeps because that was that's what was going on back. You had them deep KMCs. Yeah, and, the center lines. We call them manuga bowls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like <laughs> that was the whole that was the whole look back in the day. But it's it's it evolved into so much and then kind of disappeared. And now it's starting. To, you see the mini truck scene starting to come back stronger. Oh yeah, especially the alley the alley style mini trucks. All the you know like the desirable ones, the little maniacs. So, you know, it's interesting. Like the little maniacs is a well known mini truck club. Right, but there were a butt club before a mini truck club, and I was at their first meeting in 1982, and, and they they brought me in to kind of like consult them or whatever, like you know, and and it was cool because I was there, and they ended up becoming a big mini truck, and those guys are all coming back with their mini trucks, and uh, and I know all these guys, all all these guys from the LA style, and that was a lowrider influence. You ask any of those mini truck guys, their older brothers were lowriders. Oh yeah, and, you know, so the the, the bed dancing. The hydros, that all comes from the lowrider influence, you know. They just put it, applied it to a mini truck. Yeah, well, that, and that's how one thing evolves another because, you know, they've got the rag tops. They've got all the chrome yeah, and all yeah, the yeah. detailing and all that stuff. And it's like even this one of my favorites, the Samurais back in the day. like just, Oh, yeah, the little Gazuki. There was this real famous one that we everybody knew. It was called Gazuki. It's yeah. a green one, all candied green. And, 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 you know, it was so beautiful. But, yeah, the Suzuki Samurais were cool. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just, there's so much of that eighties and, and, and even the early nineties and 91, when I went down there in my cutlass, all I wanted to do was just cruise Crenshaw. You know what I mean? Like cruise, cruise, cruise all these areas where, you know, try yeah, to get, yeah. try to get to all these areas where all the stuff is like all, it's just all popping off. Cause we had the Vegas Boulevard here and the Vegas Boulevard back in the day was like, I mean, we cruise, <laughs> we'll cruise the strip for, you know, from Sahara, from Flamingo to Sahara and it's like that that loop would take you, you know, hour and a half to do that loop. But it was all mini trucks and bugs and like. I, I have yet to cruise in a bug in in Vegas, and I'm gonna go when you have your. your yeah, cruise, well, I'm telling you, man, it's it. You know, there's just something different about cruising the strip. You know, because the strip, it's like people are there to see all the lights and all that stuff. But when they see a bunch of cool cars in the strip too, everybody just kind of, you know, they're all rubbernecking on that, just like you do in every other place. But 
Vegas yeah. Boulevard is so bright in the middle of the night, it's like daytime on the strip. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. For but sure. yeah, I'm looking for I look forward to having you down here, man. So have you bring 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 your car and hopefully uh yeah. you know, cruise a strip with us and all that stuff because it's gonna be it's definitely a good time, man. And uh I for sure appreciate you coming on the show today. Well, I, I I enjoyed it, man. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely we'll definitely do this again. We'll touch back and we'll and I think we'll do some deep dives into some of the some of the you know traditional cow style history and maybe you know start touching base on some of the early clubs and yeah i can of, talk to you about about the bugs buddies going back to 75 to 80 80 84 when they were, were active yeah and maybe, uh, you and know the founders where they're you know where they're at now and i talked about bill yeah you know unfortunately he's uh he's in san quentin but you can talk to him. He takes it takes interviews, phone interviews. Hey man, maybe but I'd like to set that up, man, because I just think it would just be cool. It's just another piece of the puzzle coming back in, so the all the younger generation can kind of put these pieces together and figure out who's who started what and who did what back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Squash the controversy, right? <laughs> you know, right. Like, I mean, it goes back. There was two two scenes, man. They were parallel. Just one was Chicano based culture, and another one was Orange County. Tell no. Hundred percent, yeah. man. Well, for sure, Robert, man. I appreciate you coming on the show today. And right. uh, if anybody wants to get at you, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can just email me at vwkid at yahoo.com with one D. Okay. And uh, yeah, vwkid at yahoo.com. And then you're or, also- or just or just yeah, honestly, you can just search engine me, and all my information will come up, and they can get a hold of me. Yeah, and you're on Facebook and all that stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah, all the social media and. Perfect, man. Perfect. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for coming on. All right, no problem. Hope you guys appreciate that podcast. Turned it out because I know you guys are waiting for something new. We got plenty more stuff coming up. I've got the uh, I got Lizard coming up. I've got the Jetta bus coming up. We've got uh, a lot of podcasts in the can, ready to go. Some new uh, new shops out there on the East Coast in Florida. If you guys want to support the podcast, don't forget to support our sponsors, Ross Wolf and VW Trends Magazine, as well as supporting the podcast directly by picking up some merch at letstalkdubs.com. Until next week, guys. Later. Here's a Volkswagen that's big enough. The new VW Fastback Sedan. The Fastback also has the most powerful engine we've ever made. It's air-cooled. That's a little roomier in the inside. And in the back, where most cars have their trunks, we have a... Come into your Volkswagen dealer. He'll show you where the motor is.